Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 133 in Edmonton, Bob Stoffer, and it's a Tuesday. That means Mark Spector is here, Stoffer Inspector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Live racing. Thursday nights, Saturday and Sunday days out at Century Mile. Speck wrote uh, the book, The Battle of Alberta. Uh, in 28 seconds time, we're going to talk to a, a guy who has a rare distinction of playing for both the Oilers and the Flames, um, former Oiler defenseman Steve Stales. But not before I, I read this tweet, because it's, it's interesting. Uh, John has tweeted me. He said, hey, at Bob Stoffer." Rumors are that you have a cameo in Top Gun 2 as Tom Cruise's stand-in. Are there any truth to the rumors at Sportsnet Spec? I, I better get going on Bernstein, eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, and bone up on your Scientology. Yeah, I, well, I think I'll be passing on that. <laughs> hey, I just, if there's any Scientologists out there right now, I, I, I don't want to offend you. Um, you can no, do, I wouldn't do that, Bob. You can You can go do your own thing. Nobody, it's it's all good, you know. We're all open these days to everything. But that's that. All right, next up, uh, a terrific guy, and you can always tell a guy's a great guy when you can reach out to him, and he's kind enough, even though he's the president GM of a major junior team, to give you time on short notice. We welcome back a very popular former member of the Edmonton Oilers, Steve Stale. Steve, it's Bob Stoffer and Mark Spector. How are you doing? I'm doing great, gentlemen. How are you? Good. And I know your wife, when I used to uh, see her at, at school, because our kids went to the school, she used to say to you all the time, that guy looks like a really fat Tom Cruise, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall that, but uh, congratulations on the new role uh, yeah. there, Bob. It's uh, going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, it's, it's interesting because in the first Top Gun, I guess all the, the guys actually flew with the real pilots. And, you know, the, t- the parts where they were talking, they weren't actually talking because they were trying not to vomit <laughs> because they weren't experienced pilots, right? These guys. So Cruz was telling the story. He said everybody just spent their whole time throwing up the entire. I, I can't. You know what? I don't know about you, Steve, but that's not the spot for me. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know if I could handle that. Uh, I'm trying to transition into the Battle of Alberta. Actually, Steve, do you remember the last flight of the 08-09 season coming back from Calgary? And we got all that turbulence, and guys like Liam Reddix were thrown up. On the, do you remember that flight coming back? I know there was one bad one going in out of Buffalo, but but the end of the regular season, um, and I'm thinking it was maybe your last full year here in Edmonton, and it, we just got the crap knocked out of us that year on the flight. Do you remember that one at all? I don't recall that one specifically, but certainly there's a, a bunch of them that uh, you know, it's flying as much as we did. Uh, 
uh, you know, you get the odd touch and go. And uh, Colorado, I remembered always always having a difficult time coming through the mountains with the with the wind there. But uh, uh, a couple touch and goes and uh, some uh, some icy landings certainly coming back into uh, to Edmonton on some occasions as well. Steve, what's it like going from playing for the Edmonton Oilers to playing for the Calgary Flames? How weird was it for you to put that jersey on? Well, there's a couple actually. You know, when you called and asked about coming on, I was happy to come on and uh, speak of that experience. But there were certainly a couple of occasions that I look back at now that, uh, you know, uh, uh, I recall the the moment when uh, my agent at the time, Pat Morrison, called me and said that we. I, I knew the trade was happening. First of all, you know, we were in a transition there with the Oilers and fully understood the direction the team was going and the organization was taking and. Uh, I was appreciative of my time in Edmonton, had no hard feelings. The time was right for for me to move on. But there was a couple of teams involved, and one of them being Calgary. And, and uh, my agent at the time said, you know, are, are you open to this? Are you going to be okay with, with that? And I said at the time, this, you know, it won't be a problem. I just kind of want to see how things unfolded naturally there and uh, ended up that we were in Chicago at the time, and the trade had, had been made. And... Uh, Flying from Chicago to Calgary, I thought, okay, now that it was real, I thought, okay, you know, look at the roster and some of the players that I battled against and fought and ultimately had respect for. But, it, you know, I, I knew that there was going to be a little bit of a, of a transition. So I figured I'd just sort of not read the papers and go in and deal with the media. And, of course, this will be a one-day thing and I can kind of be on my way and join my new team and, you know, give it everything I had with the Flames. But uh, the next morning, I went to the hotel, got a good night's sleep. I woke up the next morning, and I was sitting down for breakfast by myself. And just to the right of me on the empty table was uh, uh, Calgary Sun. And, of course, I, I had to glance over, and it's the first time in my career that I've ever been on the front page of a paper. Uh, and uh, so out of curiosity, I grabbed the paper, and the headline said, A Deal with the Devil. <laughs> and I thought, oh boy, I'm not, I'm in one now, right? Um, but I, I thought that that was one moment. I, I tell that story often, but but in all honesty, I was I was ready for the challenge. Um, you know, I mean, being with the Oilers for all those years and the battles that we had against the Flames, uh, and not only that, I mean, I, I, I played for the Vancouver Canucks as well, so I feel I feel very fortunate to be able to play for all three NHL teams uh, out in the West here in our great country. So. Um, but it was it was a you know a great experience. I was on the tail end of my career. I tried to give it everything I had in Calgary. I enjoyed my time there, but certainly was uh, you know I was one of these athletes that did have the uh, understanding that I was I was pushing the limits and dealing with injuries and trying to do the best I could at that point. But I certainly enjoyed my time in Calgary as well. You you come from a time, Steve, when. Uh, you know, I suppose there might have been a little less free agency when you started. There's probably a little more team loyalty. Like I'm going way back to the early days, long before you played. When, you know, we talked earlier in the show, the Oilers and Flames would would end up at a golf charity golf tournament in the summer in Red Deer, and they wouldn't even sit in the same side of the banquet room. Like they just they didn't even socialize. We're I think we're way past that now. But take us into sort of the the heads of James Neal and Milan Lucic, a couple guys who are. A changing teams, but B, you know, with a, a responsibility here to show everybody out there that hey, you know, I'm uh, my I'm putting my career back together here. I had a bad year last year, both guys, but uh, you know, they're coming in here into both rooms with something to prove. Does that make it much different? Uh, I, a very difficult, spec, great question, but hard for me to put myself in their shoes with uh, 
not living, uh, you know, with their challenges, uh, their, you know, uh, that they've gone through over the past year. Uh, so I don't know it intimately, and I don't don't know each individual very very well. I, I have come across and met both of them, but um, I would say that there's a great deal of excitement, motivation, and uh, without a doubt, nerves. Uh, you know, I think they've obviously looked at the upcoming schedule. We'll look at it and mark those dates on the calendar and uh, uh, each individual will have to deal with it in their own certain way but motivation I mean I always I, I mean obviously very loyal to the Oilers and you know signed two extensions there with uh, uh, the opportunity to go to free agency but wanted to stay in Edmonton uh, you know felt very part of the community and the team and uh, and all that but uh, you know for 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 them to sort of step into a, a new team and a new realm. I think I always found it as, uh, uh, you know, motivation. You go to a new team and, and another opportunity to prove themselves. They get, you get to a point in your career where, uh, you know, it, it comes full circle. And I think both players have had tremendous careers. And now they're at the point where they, they get another a chance to prove themselves in a new environment. So I would think that they'd be, uh, they'd be really excited about the opportunity. Former Edmonton Oiler, former Calgary Flame, current uh, President GM of the Hamilton Bulldogs, Steve Stales, Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector with you. Steve, are there situations where, let's say players have a strong personality, where they're maybe not a fit in the short term with an organization, but they can be a fit in another organization? just because of the strength of that personality? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you've got sort of an established core and a guy comes in, uh, and I'm not comparing either of these two players to Chris Pronger. Chris Pronger had a strong personality. Of course, he's a Hall of Fame player, so maybe it's a little bit different. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you got to try to – a guy like you, you knew how to – you know, you were always a tremendous teammate and a character guy. But I don't know if you were necessarily the loudest – Raw, raw guy, or the type of personality that would right away, you know, challenge guys, or that's you, you know where I'm going with this in terms of how to how to sort of read a room and and gauge whether or not a guy can be a fit or not. Yeah, it's it's very difficult again to say, but I could speak to it on a couple of different levels. Each team dynamic is different. Um, you know, I think with the experience of uh, Milan Lucic and, and James Neal. Um, you can you can go in there and find your niche. I mean, each guy will come in a little bit different. I mean, speaking to Chris Pronger coming into our group, I mean, it was a tremendous boost for us, and uh, uh, you know, a real sign of man, we got uh, you know a real star player coming in here with his personality. The one thing about Prongs is he came in with that personality, but with the with the character we had, the environment that we had. We didn't take any of his of his crap as well, right? We would put him in, and he he loved it. it the one thing that I remember with Prongs, who can speak about this day, is he came in and he became one of the guys very quickly. Uh, but that was our team dynamic. You know, we accepted everybody and uh, whatever personality they were, it, as long as they knew that we we're all pulling on the on the rope the same way. Uh, that was that was a special environment, and the reason why I always wanted to be part of it with Edmonton during that that time that we were there is. We really had guys that were all pulling in the, in the same direction. And, you know, for Prongs, he, he acclimated himself to our group. It did take him a little bit of time. I remember he wasn't quite himself early on uh, through the trade. And that very way, very way it happened with, uh, with with this situation with, with James Neal and, and with Milan Lucic. Very difficult to predict how quickly they can acclimate to the environment. But in the second half of that season, uh, to me, Chris Pronger was the best player in the world and uh obviously a big part of how we were able to uh to take 
our eighth place group into uh, you know what was a, a dream run and uh, you know kind of one one game or one goal short of winning a Stanley Cup. So take us now uh, to what you're doing in Hamilton uh, when in fact you and I ran into each other in the uh, concourse of uh, GM Place in Vancouver at the draft and I know at that point you were excited and hoping to get Philip Broberg uh, who had two options to stay home and play in Sweden at Sheleftia or to come over here and play Major Junior at your place. Uh, I guess I would ask, you know, I mean, the decision, the decision has been made, he's staying in Sweden, but how much, you know, as an operator now, Steve, a guy on the other side of this thing, how much effort and how much scouting and, you know, what went into that for you? And, and I guess you probably are always disappointed if you don't get the good player in your uniform, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, you know, my, my, my role here in Hamilton is, uh, is, is a really incredible one. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. It's, uh, uh, the ability for me to carve my own path and niche as far as building teams and being able to see all aspects of the organization, uh, you know, uh, building it throughout with uh, coaching staffs and training staffs and environment and culture. And uh, also then you have to go out and, and get the talent. And specifically speaking, spec about Philip Broberg, you know, um, we, we, we watch video extensively for sure, but um, I've been fortunate to have, uh, you know, the opportunity to work with Hockey Canada at a couple of different levels, managing a world junior team, managing the U-17 program. And uh, certainly during the U-17 process, uh, you know, you're, you're involved in your team, and, and uh, but also you're also watching other, other teams play and other nations play. And Philip Broberg jumped out for me. Um, and, uh, you know, we continue to watch him through film. And this import draft that we have is, is, is somewhat of a crapshoot. Uh, our philosophy in it is we're going to pick the best player and, and do our best to get them over, um, rather than just bringing a, an average player that may be taking up a player's spot here that, that may be of the same talent level uh, as somebody here in Ontario. So that's just our philosophy. So we've had a couple of really high-end talents. Yoni Eikonen, who is a second-round pick, the Montreal Canadiens, who didn't come over, um, and Philip Broberg. And at this point, you know, uh, we're hoping there's a chance that he comes over. He's an incredible player. Uh, I think the Oilers did very well to be able to to draft a player of his character and of his caliber, uh, we'd be, I mean, we're, we welcome with open arms, but we also understand the development process and certain decisions that these young men have to make. It's a big step to come over and play, um, and uh, we will move on. We've also had some good, uh, impactful uh, year uh, import picks that have come over. Jan Jenik, who's a third-round pick from Arizona, who's a highly impactful player. We'll have him back this year. Marion Studenik, who's a signed pro, who's drafted in New Jersey. So these are the types of situations with the import draft that you, you have to sit back and hope that the situation unfolds. But with these high-end players, uh, they may end up playing pro earlier or staying back and playing pro, which uh, seems to be the case with Broberg. But we certainly do hold out some hope that maybe there's a, a, a change of mind there and he can come in Hamilton and develop his game uh, playing the North American style and be able to step in and, and be an impactful player with the Oilers. All right, Steve, final question, maybe just a 30-second response. Quinton Byfield, how good is he? I mean, he's a superstar. He has been his whole life. Uh, uh, we have, in, in fact, this uh, the Ontario League draft uh, wasn't uh, as impactful in the NHL uh, towards the NHL draft this year, but uh, that'll change next year, uh, you know. Yeah, there's there's a handful of really high-end players in our league that are going to step in and play a big role. But Byfield really has it all. I mean, he's got size, strength, uh, 
and ability. It had zero issues transitioning as a 16-year-old into our league. So, pretty special player. Yeah, we haven't seen a six-foot-five center come down the pipe for a while, and he can. This guy can skate. I mean, he's a big yeah. man, really athletic. Steve. You'll be hearing a lot about him for sure, Bob. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. We'll touch base down the road. Thank you again for joining us here in Oilers Now. My pleasure, guys. Take care. You bet. That is Steve Stales. Steady Steve, Bob. Steady Steve. The present general manager of the Hamilton Bulldogs does lots of work with Hockey Canada. Speaking of, um, you know, power brokers in junior hockey, Ron Robinson, the commissioner of the WHL. We'll talk to him tomorrow. We may be seeing a change coming or being proposed on how long rights can be retained on major junior players because right now major juniors getting kind of screwed to the benefit of uh, USHL, NCAA. Of course, the players can, and it's affecting the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds of the uh, NHL draft. So I'm going to talk to Ron about that. Mark, uh, we got to get some uh, business done here with Brent and myself. Thank you for pulling the extra shift today. No problem, Bobby. The book again is The Battle of Alberta. Yes, sir. It's a good book. You it's got your tournament uh, next Wednesday. The tournament next Wednesday, the uh, Spec Golf Classic for Sports Central. Looking forward to that. Well, that means you'll be in studio next Tuesday. Uh, maybe. We'll All right. Figure well, that out. we'll work on that. <laughs> well, thanks again, it's Mark. On the weather, Bob. All right. Uh, that's it's under advisement. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad.